Welcome to Canine Nation. It's Tuesday, August 13th, 2019. And this is episode 148. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Eric Brad. This week's podcast is about the choices that our dogs make. You'll notice that I didn't say giving our dogs a choice. And that's because I believe our dogs always have a choice. What we do as their owners and trainers is give our dogs options. The real question for me is not how to give my dog a choice, but how to deal with the choice my dog makes. And that can come in several forms. But the most important thing to me is that allowing my dog to see that the choices they make have some impact in the real world on their lives can be a very important thing for keeping them engaged and keeping them motivated. Giving my dog a choice may seem like a simple concept on the surface, but it really has several different aspects to consider. And as I thought about that, the picture about how my dog chooses the behaviors they do became clearer to me. I've collected my thoughts into this essay that I call Choosy Dogs Choose. Many years ago, I was attending a seminar on dog agility. One of the activities involved the instructor talking about how to handle the dog through a section of the course that had a number of sharp turns. As the instructor described their recommended technique for handling that section, they said, You don't want the dog choosing when to turn. Presumably, the instructor was suggesting that the human, and not the dog, should define just how wide the dog should turn in order to shorten the path and to save time. Honestly, I can't say for certain what the instructor meant because, after I heard, you don't want the dog choosing when to turn, my brain fixated on trying to work out the internal logic of that statement. Of course the dog will choose when to turn. It's their body. A human may do any number of things to influence that choice, but ultimately the dog is the one making the decision. This notion of who gets to choose between dogs and their humans has been one that I have thought about a lot. And I think it's both more simple and more complex than we generally think. Every choice has an outcome. Sometimes we can predict it, and sometimes we just take a chance based on our best guess. I'm sure it must be the same for my dogs. They draw on past experiences and make their best choice for the outcome that they would most prefer. It might be choosing to ignore my recall cue in order to enjoy the thrill of chasing some squirrel. Or it might be choosing to sit and wait patiently for their dinner to be delivered. In either case, my dog is making a choice to do one thing and abandon some other possible choices. The reasons for my dog's choices may not always be motivated by what they will gain from their decision. Dogs are, by their nature, a species that prefers to avoid conflict. Open aggression with their own species reduces the chance of reproducing and the survival of the species is put at risk. So, at least some of my dog's choices are made to avoid conflict 
or to reduce contention in their social circle. In their relationship with humans, dogs are often put in a position to choose to behave in order to avoid unpleasant consequences from their owners. So, there's a lot to choose from and lots of reasons for making those choices. But choose they do. Our dogs are always making decisions whether we want to acknowledge that or not. One thing that has always amused me with my own dogs is the variety and number of ways they have of telling me no. I have heard some trainers say that training with food is coercive because, as a scavenger species, dogs physiologically cannot refuse food. Now, I have offered cheese to a dog who looked at me as if I were offering them a brick. I have seen my dog take a treat in her mouth, roll it around as if making some assessment, and then spit it out. I have even had a dog simply turn and walk away from me after I offered them food. Granted, these occasions were rare, but they happened. Dogs always have the option to say no, or so it seems. Because of their tendency to avoid conflict, it can appear that our dogs are happy to just go along with whatever we decide. That is, until they decide not to cooperate. The absolute shock I have seen in some dog owners when their dog unexpectedly bares their teeth and snaps at them is remarkable. She never does that, they will exclaim, because they may not have seen that behavior before. And rightly so, especially if the dog has a hidden health problem or other issue that the owners are not aware of. We can be lulled into a false sense that our dogs are content to allow us to make decisions for them. And that can lead to us ignoring the more subtle forms of no, until our dog can find no other option than to use their teeth to make their choices clear. The simple biological truth of the matter is that we can't make our dog's choices for them. But there are some things we can do that make a difference. One critical component that can help us shape our dog's choices are the consequences that we provide in response to their behaviors. When my dog chooses to come over to me at the table while I'm eating and lay quietly next to me, I can reward that behavior with a bit of food. That reward will make the choice of laying quietly next to me a better one than standing and nudging me insistently, which will never earn such a reward. There are lots of ways I can manage the consequences of my dog's choice, but they fall into three basic categories. I can offer her something that she wants, a reward. I can provide something unpleasant, an aversive. Or I can do nothing at all, be neutral. All of these in hopes of influencing her future decisions in similar situations. And that's the key. Influence. If I want my influence on my dog's decision-making process to be effective, I need to be consistent. If my dog decides to greet me calmly when I return home, I can pet her warmly and offer her a treat for her good behavior. But if I return home the next day and she jumps up on me excitedly, my laughter and affectionate roughhousing might be every bit the reward as the previous day's greeting got her. That's not being consistent. If I want the calm and I don't want the jumping, I have to be careful how I respond when my dog makes her choices. When greeting me at the door, my dog has a limited number of choices. 
That makes it relatively easy for me to manage the consequences that I can provide to help her make good decisions. But being at the park is a different matter. There are a whole lot more choices there to deal with, and that might not be a good thing. Psychologist Barry Schwartz notes in his book, The Paradox of Choice, Why More is Less, that more choices do not always make us happier. Two of the important factors that Schwartz lists that make us less happy are opportunity cost, the things we must give up in order to choose one thing instead of others, and escalation of expectations. If we have more choices, we expect the one thing we do choose to be more valuable than if we had fewer choices. The lesson in all of this for me is that I have some control over the options available to my dog, and that's another way to influence her decisions. I have had owners tell me that they struggle to find a dog food that their dog will eat. Almost invariably, they describe a process where they have given their dog one kind of food for a day or two, and when they chose not to eat it, replaced it with a different food. And this goes on for several iterations with continual trial and error feeding of one brand over another. Somehow, these owners always look surprised when I suggest that they may have inadvertently shown their dog how to get them to offer them a variety of different foods. Sometimes, many options are too many options. Because we manage so many aspects of our dog's lives, we have some control over what they get to choose from, as well as the results of the choices they make. Now, getting back to that agility instructor who said, you don't want the dog choosing when to turn, I think what bothered me about that statement when I first heard it said is that it doesn't make sense to me. Of course the dog will choose when to turn. I may limit the choices available to my dog, or I may make one option more attractive than another, but my dog will choose for themselves what they're going to do. If I decide not to acknowledge that fact, it's going to make my relationship with my dog much more complicated. It's important to me that I'm realistic about my dogs. I know that they can say no and that, if pushed, they can make their point in an unpleasant or aggressive way if they want to. I don't need to try to control my dog's choices. What I need to do is manage their options and to be fair and consistent in providing consequences that will influence them to make decisions that we can both enjoy. My dogs make good choices. That's not to say I always like what they choose. I've learned to live with the choices I don't prefer and find ways to influence better choices. Or I limit options to remedy problems. In the end, I think they have a good sense of self-determination. They don't feel like I force them to do things. It's a negotiation that makes us both happy. And that seems like a good choice to me. If you enjoy these podcasts, why not drop by our website at caninenation.ca and you'll find dozens more to listen to. While you're at it, perhaps click on the donate button and offer us a dollar or five or whatever you'd like to give to help support the podcast and help us keep the lights on. Or you can support the podcast by spreading the word on social media or leaving us a review on iTunes. I'd love to hear feedback from you about the podcast. 
If you have any comments, stories, or questions, you can email me at talk2 at caninenation.ca. That's talk and the number two at caninenation.ca. I look forward to your comments. Canine Nation is also on Facebook. You can find our Canine Nation page where we post information about the latest articles, podcasts, and news about Canine Nation events. We also have a discussion group, the Canine Nation Forum. It's a place to discuss the podcast, the Canine Nation essays, life with dogs, and training our dogs, or just to share some information we found around the Internet. Thank you for listening. I'd appreciate it if you'd share this with the dog people in your life. I guess that's all for now. Until next time, have fun with your dogs.